Hi, this is Daniel J. Hogan, and welcome back to the Magic of Eri podcast, brought to you by MagicOfAeri.com. Last time, our heroes arrived at Dragon's Well and met Five Toes, a large blue-scale dragon that was shaped like a serpent. After Steve worked out his dragon issues and talked to Five Toes, he learned that the dragon was to take him and his friends to the city beneath the sea, where Steve was to meet the queen. Steve was not amused. To stay updated, you can follow me on Twitter, at Daniel J. Hogan, or you can follow the podcast, at MOE Podcast. You can also like the podcast on Facebook. And now, the next wonderful episode of The Magic of Airy. Episode number 30, The City Beneath the Sea. You sure you won't come with us? Steve asked Hector and Alexander. My place is above the sea, not under it. Alexander said proudly as he shook Steve's much larger hand. Fear not, lad. I'm sure we'll see each other again. Alexander and Hector said their goodbyes to the rest of the group and made their way out of the sandy clearing. But where will you go? Alexander shrugged. Nowhere special. It's up to a higher power than I. You mean fate? No, Julius. He is the navigator after all, and the darn good one. Steve rolled his eyes as he waved goodbye to the duck captain. Five Toes looked over the ragged group with narrowed eyes and cocked his head in confusion. Why are you all wearing iron pots on your heads? After doing away with the pots and pans headgear, Era, Uncle Shameless, Zeroth, and Steve looked up at the large, serpent-shaped dragon. Please don't tell me we have to go through more water. Steve whined as he looked at the massive well. Five Toes laughed his deep laugh. Well, Meninat is not called the city beneath the sea because it is above ground, young hero. What is it with this place and water, anyway? I've nearly drowned more times in the past few... Steve realized he did not even know how long he and Uncle Shameless had been in Aerie. How long have we been here? He asked Uncle Shameless, who merely shrugged. I don't even know how long I've been here. This place is driving me crazy. Five Toes reached down with a colossal clawed hand, gently grabbed Steve by the back of his chain mail, and lifted the boys several feet off the ground. You must learn to relax, young one, and to lighten your spirits. Five Toes looked at the rest of the group. But there will be time for that later. For now, you must prepare to travel with me under the rock sea. Do we get to swim? <laughs> no, Lady Pelican, you will all ride on my back. I shall transport you to Her Majesty in no time at all. Good, because I ain't much of a swimmer, said Uncle Shameless. However, you cannot go as you are. You will need to be able to breathe underwater. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And how? Started Steve, still dangling in the dragon's grasp. Will we do that? We don't have any underwater breathing equipment. Five Toes gave Steve a confused look. I know not of this equipment you speak of. Is it magic? No, it's science. Science. Hmm. You humans have strange words. You will have to teach me more some other time. But it will not be these equipments or sciences. You shall be using lungfish. Excuse me? Lungfish, Zeroth said in disbelief. I thought those were just a legend. Far from it. In fact, they are cousins of that chattering swordfish hidden away in your cloak. A loud mumble came from under Zeroth's cloak, and he regretfully took out Gladius. Right away, the swordfish began yelling. My uncle was a snake. Uh, yeah, well, never mind. The swordfish yelled one last time before Zeroth put it away. 
Steve cleared his throat, hoping to get Five Toes' attention. He was getting sore from hanging by the back of his chainmail shirt. The dragon smiled and put the boy down near a small pool filled with clear water. Reach in the pool and grab a lungfish, Five Toes instructed, motioning for everyone else to do the same. Steve reluctantly reached into the water and was surprised that he was able to easily grab one large fish. Unlike the speedy swordfish, these lungfish were rather sluggish. However, when Steve pulled the fish out of the pool, he was quickly disgusted. The fish was a dull green color, and instead of a normal scaly body like other fish had, its skin was squishy and smooth. It reminded Steve of trying to squeeze an almost empty water balloon. It had two tiny black beady eyes on the top of its head, and its jaw was U-shaped. Various odors and noises emitted from the fish as it lazily flopped around in Steve's grasp. Everyone else grabbed a fish with ease, except for Uncle Shameless, who fell into the pool several times throughout the process. Yuck, protested Steve, holding the stinking fish as far away as he could, which did not really make much of a difference. Excellent. Now, put them over your noses. Excuse me? Excuse, me? Excuse you for what? We meant, what did, what did you say? Put the lungfish over your nose. Yeah, that's the part I don't really understand. Have you smelled these things lately? If you want to bring it underwater, you must put them over your nose. So you're saying, if I put this... Steve pointed to the slimy, smelly, squishy creature in his hand. Over my face? I will be able to breathe underwater? No, no, no. Don't be silly. Just over your nose, not your whole face. You have to be joking. If you wear these creatures over your nose, they will give you the air you need underwater. Where's your lungfish? Mine. Do not just. I have no need for one. Why? Because I'm a dragon. Well, I certainly can't argue with that logic. Certainly not. With much hesitation, Steve lifted the oozing fish toward his face. It winked at him with its beady black eye. Steve shuddered in disgust. That's it. Now pull down its jaw. Don't worry, you won't hurt the fish. Gross! Hush. Now simply put its mouth over your nose. That's it. Um, excuse me, Mr. Whatever. Some of us don't exactly have noses, Zeroth said as he pointed to his beak. Era nodded in agreement with the hunter. Five toes gave them an understanding look. Yes, yes, I know, but just put them over your air-old beak things and you'll just be fine. The dragon explained as he pointed the pair's small nostrils at the base of Zero's hooked beak. Steve moved the fish's open mouth over his nose as he was told. Now you might feel something a little bit... Odd. Huh? Was all Steve had time to say before his nose was sucked into the lungfish's open mouth with a loud slurp. The lungfish quickly secured itself tightly around Steve's nose. He felt a blast of air as the fish's mouth inflated slightly. The rest of the fish's body went limp and merely dangled from Steve's nose, making him look like a, a kind of elephant boy. Steve looked at the others and saw that everyone had their lungfish on as well. Zeroth and Era looked even funnier than he did since the fish only covered a part of their beaks. This doesn't make any kind of sense. A talking dragon telling us to wear fish on our faces does? Steve thought about the whole concept of wearing fish that would give them air underwater, and he realized that did not make any sense either. The boy looked up at five toes. So, um, how do these things work anyway? Is it something to do with their gills and exhaling oxygen? The dragon shrugged. Magic? Don't say that, please. Steve was sick of magic being the excuse for everything in Aerie. The boy shook his head at the whole affair and thought about being home in good old boring Beacon Pines. Are we all set then? Everyone waited as Five Toes grabbed them one by one and placed them on his scaly back. Grab a hold of my mane and hang on tight, directed the dragon. 
referring to what looked like purple fur running the length of his spine. Here we go. Remember to relax and keep breathing. The dragon instructed as he let go of the sides of the large stone well. Steve took one last glance at the sky before Five Toes dunked himself under the water in the blink of an eye. The blue dragon snaked around the well until he was heading downward and swimming. The sides of the well followed them for several minutes. Cooler water washed over Steve as they sank deeper and deeper into the rock sea. Five Toes swam with ease, and his pace never slowed. Eventually, the sides of the well melted away as they exited into a large underwater cave. The walls and ceilings of the cave were covered in spiky rocks, which Five Toes had no problem swinging over and through, reminding Steve of riding a twisting roller coaster. Five Toes came to the mouth of the cave and burst through it, out into the open seawater. The crystal clear water gave Steve an excellent view of this underwater realm. Underwater grasses and plants littered the seascape, as did more rocks and other fish. Five Toes playfully swam through a school of multicolored fish, and then through a dense jungle of sea plants. Steve was so amazed by all this that he had forgotten he was breathing air through a squishy, ugly fish attached to his nose. For about six seconds. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast, a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan. Copies of the original novel can be purchased through magicofairy.com and amazon.com. You can also download a PDF of the entire novel for only $3.75. Visit magicofairy.com for more details. After swimming over a graveyard of sunken ships, Five Toes came to a large canyon and dove down with blazing speed. Woohoo! Uncle Shameless yelled as he held on tightly to Five Toes' mane. Wait, how were you able to just yell? And how was I able to ask that? <laughs> the lungfish also prevent water from entering your mouth and allow you to speak underwater. Let me guess, more magic? The dragon laughed as he snaked his way around the canyon walls, dodging large rocks and sea creatures of all kinds, including striped bass the size of city buses. As the canyon walls began to widen, Steve noticed statues carved into the sides, as well as carvings showing scenes of underwater life. The figures in the carvings were worn down and very old, which obscured their features. One wall carving caught Steve's eye as they quickly traveled past by it. Was that someone sweeping? In the distance, they saw that the canyon emptied into a large hole. Five Toes burst through the end of the canyon and swam over the top of the hole. He spun over, causing everyone to scream, and swam upside down. Behold! Minute. As they rode through the water upside down, everyone looked over the grand city beneath the sea. Unfortunately, it was not nearly as grand as everyone had expected. The buildings, if one could call them such, were barely anything more than misshapen piles of sand and rocks. Ick, said Steve, before being elbowed by Era. <sighs> yes, sadly Mininat is not known for its grand buildings, at least not anymore. Years ago, many years ago, the old city was very grand indeed. Five Toes pointed to the crumbling ruins of stone buildings in the city center, far away from the shoddy sand houses beneath them. But, as the years went on, more and more citizens moved away from the center of the city into the cheaply built homes you see below. Five Toes said as he pointed to a shabby pile of sand that was supposed to be a house. Furthermore, stores and merchants moved out of the city's grand market and are now scattered everywhere. 
That's a shame. I'll say, do you have any idea how long it takes to run errands when you have to swim to different parts of the city all day? Ugh, it is dreadful. Aren't there any shops in the center of the city anymore? Era asked as Steve wondered what kind of errands a dragon would have to run. Uh, some, but they are owned by the same person and they all sell the same things. Very little variety. Why did everyone move away from the city in the first place? Steve asked as he spied the majestic yet dilapidated buildings in the distance. To have more property, the old city is rather cramped. Five Toes explained as he spun right side up and passed by a swarm of brightly colored fish. And better schools. Five Toes swam to what he called the old city, and sure enough it was filled with dark, empty buildings. Tightly packed buildings were all shaped like pyramids and were made from dark marble. Time had worn away most of the buildings. Sides of pyramids were missing here and there, while others had lost their pointed tops. Crumbling statues littered the narrow passageways between the homes and larger buildings. Seaweed and other plant life inched its way up and around the triangular buildings, creating green web-like patterns. Tiny schools of fish swam through giant cracks in the buildings, the only sign of life Steve had seen in the city's downtown. Eventually, Five Toes reached a dilapidated castle in the exact center of the city's layout. Steve now saw that the remainder of the buildings were all confined to three triangle sections in three different directions. Each of the giant triangles faced the castle. The castle itself consisted of a single three-sided tower made of smooth rock and stood slanted on the seabed. The surrounding buildings and fortifications were all in various states of disrepair. Five Toes swam down toward the entrance of the castle and slid onto the soft, sandy ground. Everyone climbed off the back of the dragon and walked toward the entrance. Wait! I must go in and announce you to the queen first. Everyone moved aside as the dragon swam past them. Come into the entryway. I shall bring her majesty out to meet you. This concludes today's episode of The Magic of Airy. Make sure to join us again next time. Will the queen agree to meet Steve and his friends? Will she help the boy on his quest? Where will Steve's quest take him next? Find out the next thrilling episode of The Magic of Airy. The copyright day of this episode was August 2nd, 2010. To help support this free podcast, please use the PayPal donate button on the website or buy a copy of the original novel. The Magic of Airy podcast by Daniel J. Hogan and Scary Dice Productions is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States license. This only applies to the podcast and not the original novel. Feel free to share this podcast. The Magic of Airy, the podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. This podcast was produced in GarageBand and Audacity on a Mac. Some sound effects and music are provided by freesound.org. Other sound effects and music provided by GarageBand. For more information or to buy a copy of the original novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. And as always, thanks for listening.